this is Susan. And this is Katie. And this is Portia. And welcome to another episode of She Speaks Stories. And I have been so excited about today. I just can't even stand it. And when we got all of the show notes from Gwen, I got even more excited. It's so much so that I sent you guys a text in all capital letters. Early, <laughs> early, early this morning. Yes. I forget that Portia is in Minneapolis. And so when I send a 6 a.m. text, it's really a 5 a.m. text for you. <laughs> and Last. I'm just like, how long have you been awake? <laughs> Girl. I know. I know. But no, we are, we are really excited to have our guests. We have Jennifer Lucy Tyler with us this morning. She is a wife an author and founder of Soul Circle Events. And today she teaches women how to walk out their calling. Can I just say amen? I right love there? that. Amen. I love, love it. it. I love it. Listeners, please pull up a chair and listen to Jennifer Lucy Tyler's story because it is going to change you. It is. It is. Welcome, Jennifer. We are so glad you're here. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here with you ladies. And you have the most beautiful earrings on ever. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I just love them. Yeah. I love them so much. I feel like we should try to get a screenshot so we can post. I know, I know. Portia's right. having Look, earring envy. I'll pose. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I love you. it. Oh, wait, no, wait. It's Jennifer, talk. <laughs> there we go. I like it. It's so cute. Jennifer, oh, you're from you. our local area, uh, the D.C. area. Yes, ma'am. And you've, you're born and, born and raised, right? One of the few left here that are born and raised. <laughs> I do <laughs> love that, though. Yeah, I do DC love that. is a heavy transplant area now. Yeah, so. it sure is. Well, yeah. tell us what your childhood was like growing up in D.C. Well, I grew up in a two-parent home with uh, two loving parents, but... Um, although they were loving, they did not have a relationship with God. And we, uh, it, my mom, my dad, my brother, and I lived in Northwest DC uh, in my grandfather's house. And probably at about 10 years old or so, um, my aunt, uncle and her four kids moved in the house. So we always had a lot going on. Wow. wow. In the house. <laughs> a lot, a lot of fun, um, happening, just, uh, doing, being kids and being joyful. But, um, in the eighties, the crack ep epidemic hit in DC and that began to really, uh, shift some things, uh, in my immediate family's life. And my father, began to do drugs. And although uh, he was a great provider before, once the drug addiction um, hit, things got challenging. And, uh, you know, th the crazy thing is, I, even in the midst of all of that, I have more great memories of him than wow. anything negative. Um, but that, as I became a teenager, I started noticing things even more and that began to really affect me. Mm -hmm. Well, um, talk to us about the year 1999 and what happened there. And it was a momentous uh, year for your mom and for yes. your whole family. So what happened? Okay. So, um, in 1999, my mother got saved and mm -hmm. I remember thinking like, what, what in the world is going on with her? She, 
she became very different. She started, you know, listening to gospel throughout the house, <laughs> praying throughout the house. And uh, I remember it used to actually irritate me because, <laughs> you know, when you're not a believer, you, you just don't understand those things. So my father at the time, he was still uh, um, addicted to drugs on and off. My brother... Actually, my brother um, used to sell drugs as well, but then he got saved in 1999 too. Mm. So both of their lives changed in 1999. And my father and I were just like different. (laughs) Um, Wow. And in 1999, it was my senior year of high school. And I just wanted to do it. And I just wanted to do me. And I was very rebellious and um, very promiscuous and a lot of negative doors happened in my life. I started um, experimenting with drugs. I started dating women and men. And I, I was I was crazy. I started losing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> just just, you know, taking ecstasy pills and smoking weed and uh just dating whoever it it was a really tough time i'm sure especially for my mom um from the outside looking in but um i'm i'm grateful for her i'm really grateful for her um just standing strong in the midst of all of that praying yes. for me um i remember i would come in the house um and this was uh probably around 18 19 years old like i would come in the house high or drunk or you know, from the night of partying before, and she would call me a woman of God. And wow. I would ignore it, like, look at her like she's crazy. Like, why is she calling me a woman of God? But um, she saw something in me that I did not understand. Jennifer, that's powerful. Yes. I mean, that is powerful because it shows what a mom speaks over her daughter. Yes. It matters. It, it matters. matters. And she but spoke Jennifer, something over. I mean, that's powerful. But Jennifer, she knew you were drunk or high. She knew what you were up to. I know my mother knew at times that I, when I would come in from a night of partying that I definitely drank and I definitely was not you know, totally there. I wasn't totally sober. Right. Know? Right. But, but I would just come into the house and go to, to the back to my room and just close the door and yeah, go, yeah. To, go to sleep, you know, but so. she was trying to talk potential over you. I mean, I feel like she was prophesying over you yeah. saying, this is, this is your identity and who this you is are. Who you really are not maybe how you're acting, but who you she are. She was, she was, she was definitely prophesying over me and speaking life over me when oh, I, I did not understand it. Uh, my mother, you know, initially Um, when she was a new believer, of course, she didn't handle things in that way. Of course, there were arguments. Of course, there, there were, uh, you know, there, there were things that she probably could have handled better, but as she grew in the things of God, she started speaking life over me. And that, that was, those were seeds planted that truly began to change my life. Right. Oh, I like wow. that. I'm taking notes here because that's powerful. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, many a mom that is listening to this podcast right now that is having a hard time with their daughter needs to hear that when you choose to speak life over them, God honored that. I mean, 
God honored that in your life in the, in what she spoke over you. I love that so much. God honored that. Um, another thing that she used to do was she would go into my room when I was not in the room and would anoint it and would pray. Yes. She, she even prayed it. over, you know, my stereo system at the time saying one day she's going to listen to some different types of music. <laughs> I Praying over all of it. And I had no idea that she was doing that. And Jennifer, then- I love that. I mean, I'm telling you that makes, I mean, even on good days with my girls, that makes me want to go in their room right now and just pray yeah. over them. Yeah, <laughs> Pray over them. While, because it, yes. that is beautiful because you're, I mean, that's her saying, I can't change this, but God sure can. I mean, yeah. oh. absolutely. Absolutely. So good. I mean, things begin to truly shift um, when my mother became a believer. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. So and what happened next? Oh, I just. Oh, go ahead, Katie. And sorry. Your, and your brother too, huh? Was, yes. Did that influence you? Because didn't you say he was he was kind of experimenting with drugs and selling drugs too, but then he got... Well, so when my brother got saved, I thought he was super self-righteous yeah. and super <laughs> judgmental. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want anything to really do with him at the time. Got it. Got it. Got it. Which, which is a legit yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, you're excited about the Lord at first, but you're immature and you yes. can come across very self-righteous and judgmental and really turn people off. Yeah. He he definitely had some growing to do. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. My whole family, when my brother Tommy got saved, my whole family was like, oh boy, if that's what it means to be saved, we don't want anything to do with Jesus because you're a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> And he really was like, why didn't God put me on the backside of the desert for three years? <laughs> like he did with Paul, you know, uh, absolutely. Paul. but, but anyway, okay. So, All right, so tell us what happened next. Okay. So again, I am doing my own thing. I'm at the time, like I said, I started dating women and men and I'm partying, I'm doing drugs, all of that kind of stuff. And in 2004, it was July 2004, and my mother invited me to a church lock-in. Our first lady was having a lock-in with all of the women. And I reached out to my best friend to invite her because I said, look, I don't want to be around all these church people by myself. Can you come (laughs) with me to the (laughs) lock-in? And she came and it was at this lock-in. I will never forget it. There was this like drama presentation that presented um, the gospel in a very unique way. And all of the women in the room were just impacted and crying. And then they did a call to salvation. And the way that they did it at this particular church, and you may be familiar, everyone's heads were bowed and eyes were closed and they begin to make an appeal. And as they begin to make the appeal, I started peeking and I <laughs> saw that my best friend had her hand up. And so the thought came to me and I was just like, well, if she has her hand up, I definitely know I need, <laughs> I need to as well. So it started out with me just following her. But when I went in the back and everything was explained, like something changed. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I know something changed is because 
when I went, when I left the lock-in and I went back to the relationship that I was in, I no longer felt comfortable. I knew that something was different. And so I had a Bible and I began to sneak and read the Bible and sneak and pray and things like that, because I was just like, something is happening. Something has changed in me. But again, I was at the time in a uh, same sex uh, relationship and I just felt like, okay, this is weird, but something has changed. I no longer feel comfortable. Um, Mm -hmm. I no longer felt comfortable doing the drugs and things like that. It was Mm -hmm. just, I knew that something was different and something had changed. And then September of 2004, my best friend was murdered. Mm. The same best friend that had rededicated her life to Christ. Wow. And it was at that moment where I just felt so, so, uh, so empty that God used that season of deep grief and lament to draw me to him. And by November of 2004, I was asking my mother, could I come back home to live with her? And I walked out of the relationship that I was in and I started the journey, this journey of figuring out who is Jennifer? Who am I in Christ? Who, what is my identity yes, as a yes. woman? Right. And I threw myself into the scriptures and to church and everyone was just like, oh, she's this Jesus freak. Like I became, <laughs> right. I became the crazy self-righteous <laughs> for a while. But I was really just so excited. I was excited about um, what was happening in my heart. I was excited about what the Lord was doing. Um, my mother and I, our relationship began to grow. And even in that, and I didn't, didn't share this, but, but my father, um, the challenges that he was having, he was still having those challenges, but I began to view him with different eyes, um, with the eyes of compassion and understanding that he is also broken. And Mm -hmm. it allowed me to be able to forgive my father um, and to be able to walk in love with him. And I'm grateful for that because my father passed away in 2017, but our relationship was so, so sweet. It was so good. And eventually he became a believer as well. But um, I'm, I just saw the Lord restore that um, when he restored my life. He also restored the relationship that I had with my father. Wow. I'm sitting here taking notes. <laughs> wow, that's powerful. I mean, there are so many things that you're talking about that are powerful, but one of them is that your mom prayed and saw her entire family come to Christ. Yep, I mean, that's she did. amazing. <laughs> she did. It makes me tear up because I am so grateful for her. She yeah. is my rock and she's my best friend alongside my husband of course mm-hmm. and she uh she lives with us we we when my father passed away we moved her in the same day and wow. it's a blessing to now be able to love on her extra 
mm-hmm. uh, and have her here. Oh, what a way to honor. honor now, God. you mm-hmm. said your husband. Oh, yes. let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> the relationship you left when, when you felt like, okay, wait, that was a same-sex relationship, right? Yes, yes. And, and so, so let's talk about that. How did I even get married? Like, what did that look like? Right. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, I took time after I walked out of that relation, the same sex relationship to learn about my identity in Christ, to submit uh, my will to his and to really study and to grow. And I led a, a life of abstinence and purity and, and really just focused on, uh, okay, who am I? And the thing is, it, it wasn't a situation where I just, I never was attracted to men. I, there was a season where I feared men because uh-huh. I had experienced rape before and also seeing the uh, challenges that my mother had with my drug addicted father. It made right. me right. not really want to, uh, deal with that. And so I felt like women were safer at that time. And so when I started, um, when, when the Lord saved me and came into my life, I focused on really just getting to know him. It wasn't a thing like, okay, now I'm going to be fully straight. That wasn't it. It was more so about, I'm going to know God. And I threw myself into him and he began to shape my identity and who I am. Mm -hmm. And so um, at my church, I remember in 2007, I was serving at a youth conference. And uh, this conference, I was a part of this organization called Worth the Wait, Mm -hmm. uh, which was a purity organization at the time. And uh, my my now husband, he came up to the table where I was uh, at and asked for information on the organization. And, uh, he began to, he, he became a part of the organization and his story is really interesting because my husband was a virgin at the time and, uh, he was a virgin when we got married. So his, his lifestyle and upbringing was totally different. Christian home. I always used to joke and call him Jesus Jr. Like (laughs) he had never smoked or drank or did any of those things that I was exposed to. But when we met, we became really good friends at the time. He was a Christian. um, He was a DJ for a gospel radio station. And he had me come on the station to share this same story that I'm sharing with you all. And we begin to really just connect and minister with one another. And although I thought my husband was very handsome and I thought he was a great man, I did not think that he would be interested in me at all because of our past and because Mm -hmm. we're so different. Mm -hmm. But then he, I I saw an article where his story was featured and they asked him the question, would he date a non-virgin? And he was like, well, of course. He said, why would I judge someone 
based on their passions where when I have my own sins and things that I struggle with, wow. they just, they just look different. They just look different. Wow. <laughs> and so I remember, good. I remember seeing that article and I was like, look, mom, like, in my <laughs> mind, I'm like, I got a chance. <laughs> well, that <laughs> is very, very freeing. Yes, that, yes. And isn't that the definition of grace? I mean, um, isn't that how Jesus Yeah, <laughs> that's good. It was so much grace. And I will say this, the relationship with my husband, because we got married in 2011, um, the relationship with him really was just God sent. I believe it was the Lord showing me the purity of how I should be loved. Oh. And in human form. And so my husband, it, it, it was just such a, a beautiful and pure love that I had not experienced aside from Christ. Yeah. I, I love that. That's amazing. That is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, God just. Man, he gave you a man that truly loved you like Christ loves the church. He loved me for me, knows every dark secret, dark, whatever. Nothing, there's nothing about me from my past that he does not know and did not judge me for. That's good. He saw me as a new creature in Christ, knowing that those old things were passed away and that I was a new creature. And, And isn't that exactly how Christ looks at you? I love that. Yes. Yeah, I love that. All right, so talk to us about your faith because your faith really was growing. So talk talk to us about how your faith did grow. So um, my faith is ha- continues to grow. It continues to evolve and, and develop. And I believe that once the Lord saves you and once as you begin to grow in Him and um, understand your identity, you also begin to understand your purpose in the world and some of the things that you are created to do. And I began to develop a love for uh, theology, a love for scripture. And I started uh, going to uh, Regent University and studying Mm. biblical studies. And I, I, over the years, this love has developed into me wanting to share with other women how to study the Bible. And so um, that's where Soul Circles um, came about, which is really just a gathering for women that gathers women together and teaches them the principles of inductive Bible study in a workshop format. And um, it's something that I'm super passionate about. Uh, I also love... uh, leading mission teams and mission trips. And so uh, these are things that prior to Christ were not on my radar. I had no (laughs) idea, of course, that I would be doing any of this. Um, But it's just so beautiful that when he comes into your life, how he gives you your calling and your purpose. Isn't that the truth? Tell, Tell us a little bit about the soul circles. Because you've, I mean, you've got even a little Instagram page for Soul, Cir- Soul Circles. And yes. tell, tell us, what does that look like? I mean, is it over a weekend? Is it in person? Is it virtual? How does all that work? So I started them in person. And the reason being is because there, there's so many different virtual things, but there's nothing like human connection. That's right. And 
community. And so Soul Circles is usually a day. I am thinking about doing um, a weekend event. I've been getting a lot of requests for that. But the way that Soul Circles um, starts, it starts with a teaching either for myself or sometimes I bring in other Bible teachers and they teach on inductive Bible study. But then there's a time where the women um, at the tables, they have a passage of scripture that they have received uh, prior to the soul circle and they exegete the scriptures together and they work through it and then they present. And it's so beautiful to see them immediately begin to apply the things that they're taught and the revelation begin to just unfold for them. And then they begin to get confidence to know that, okay, I can study this word and truly understand it. And so um, that's what Soul Circles is. But it's also a, we usually hold them in restaurants or we've had uh, our last Soul Circle event was in D.C. at the Museum of the Bible. Oh, cool. Yes, and that was awesome. So we try to make it, fun and and different and uh they eat good at every soul circle event you gotta um, have good food <laughs> gotta have good food but we also have this thing that i love to do when the women come i'm um, called beyond the surface and basically uh during the time that they're eating there's uh table talk questions that I've created that help women to go beyond the surface in conversation to really connect and uh, to genuinely connect. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. I love this so much because I think sometimes women um, and men, but a lot of women that do not want to dive into the scripture is because it is intimidating right. and you right. are removing that boundary. Yes. I mean, you're, yes. you're removing that wall right yes. there. And, and the I love that. The fear that, um, well, I don't get it or, you know, well, it's boring. It's, it's only for super spiritual people. Right. to Interpret. So I'll just go to church and hear someone else talk about it. Um, and for our listeners that don't know what inductive oh, Bible good, study, um, is uh, Jennifer, you want to speak to that a little bit? Like, sure. What, yeah. So inductive Bible study is a method that challenges you to, and to look at scripture from an investigative approach. So there's two things. There's, uh, observation. Um, there's interpretation mm-hmm. and there's application. Mm-hmm. And when you're going through observation, interpretation, and application, you you will ask yourself various questions for each category. And it really is just a guide to help you look at the scriptures um, like an investigator. Right. You're uh, and, and it's really fun. And I think that. When you, when you break it down and you walk through it with people, it does remove the intimidation because you begin to see how fun it is to really just, uh, I like to say, interrogate the scriptures, to ask wow. those questions, to begin to look for certain things within the scriptures. And I am really passionate about empowering women to know that 
they too can do this. <laughs> I, I love it, honey. I love I it. Too. And here's why I feel so personally connected to what you're saying. I, um, I was a crazy teenager, young adult too, and did not come to know the Lord till I was like 23. And I had a lot of pressure from different circles that I ran with in that what you're going to be brainwashed. You're going to, you're going to say that you actually believe the Bible. And, and during this period was when a lot of Christian leaders in the media were falling and being ridiculous. Like, I don't know if you remember Jim and Tammy Baker. Yes. Do you remember them? And they were building a dog house with air conditioning and all this stuff with the people's money. I mean, it was just weird. And Jimmy Swaggart was doing odd things. And all these people kind of leaders were doing odd things. And so I had a lot of people in my life that knew me prior (laughs) um, were like, seriously, you're going to go that route? And you're not going to use your brain. You're going to be in this kind of cult and la, 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 la. Okay. So, but then (laughs) I immediately married a guy who uh, parents were missionaries and very strict Baptist, very, um, I want to say legalistic, but I'm saying it in a nice way because they were godly people. So I got people over here saying, don't be an idiot and even believe in the Bible. I've got people over here saying the Bible is absolutely everything. And you, and I'm like, Lord, are you up there? Are you real? Is there a way to understand all this? I don't want to be an idiot and just what people say. Um, But I do believe that this key to knowing you is to know your word. So how? And truthfully, he answered it by leading me to uh, K. Arthur Precept Ministry. Yes, Mm -hmm. Precept. I'm familiar. Yeah. And uh, this other young Marine wife who was doing an inductive Bible study with Precept, um, she said, well, Katie, do this kind of study. It's not a deductive study where someone has already studied the Bible And then they're telling you what to think and asking you leading questions, but they've already really come up with with the answer they want you to give. That would be a deductive study. She said, this is inductive. You just go to the Bible. Yes. And you just ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. But but there's a method. There's a, you know, there's, they're going to give you tools to be able to unlock scripture for yourself with the Holy Spirit as your teacher. And I, that appealed to me, that appealed to me. I'm like, I love that. So for like 15 years, that's the only real kind of Bible study I did, except for, I don't know, I would do some group couple studies in church and Sunday school, but, but I did an inductive study because I'm like, I don't really trust a lot of people out there right now, which sounds haughty. I don't mean it haughty, but you get what I'm saying. And I'm I, t- like, I totally understand. I mean, Soul Circles, really also another motivation behind it was because I was seeing so many women led astray mm-hmm. uh, to cults and false teaching. And, right. um, you know, it, it's rampant. And so mm-hmm. I really just wanted to 
have an environment that was non-judgmental where women right. could get and receive these tools and the Holy Spirit could uh, do what he does. <laughs> right. Well, if we have ladies that are listening in this DMV area, uh, how can they be a part of it? Or is it only through your church? How, how is that? So uh, they can be a part of it. First, uh, they can follow Soul Circle's events page. And um, I will post. And, and if they also subscribe to my website, um, I always email out when we're having Soul Circles, what state the Soul Circle event is coming in. And so they can be That's notified so that way. Well, what I love is when you said that you threw yourself into God and then he began to shape your identity. And I think for someone that is even curious about the faith or they are new to the faith or anything in between, um, I think when you do throw, this is a, this is a, a very wise way to throw yourself into God, to learn how he has given us our identity. And I just love it so much because it really is, um, I feel like you're giving women freedom to learn how to study the Bible and believe what it says for themselves. I just love it. It's so good. Praise know, God. Thank you. We know that God's word changes, but can mm-hmm. you share maybe a quick story of someone who's gone through um, soul circles of, you mentioned that just removing the intimidation of how to study God's word of just the testimony of, of how they grew or their aha, or even maybe your aha through studying the word um, so intently. I love that. That's really good. So I have one girl um, who she came to at least three soul circles. She Mm -hmm. came to one in DC. She came to one in Philly and one in New York. Wow. And afterwards she came to me and said, uh, after the last one that she had attended, she said, you know, um, I started looking for a new church Mm -hmm. and I was just like, why? And she said, because through soul circles and the tools that I've been getting, I learned that what I was receiving was not biblical. Wow. Mm. And she wanted to be in a biblical, uh, healthy church. Uh, I, I believe that she was heavy into um, pro- in, in the prosperity uh, gospel world at that time. And so the Lord used it to really come, um, use soul circles and use the tools that she got. I never, and let me just say this, I'm very clear. I never will talk about a specific church or pastor Mm -hmm. or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. All I do is teach them observation and interpretation and And then application. That's it. And so then as they begin to sit and as she sat in a service or, or two and begin to see how the word of God was being twisted. It really just, it really challenged her to say, okay, do I need to be here? That's powerful. I mean, I just think about the fact in this world, a, when a person is awakened to the fact that there's a God who loves them and sees them. And then they realize that God has provided a way for you to hear from him Mm. through his written word. Mm -hmm. And then to understand that there's a way that you can actually understand the word of God. I mean, that person, is there anything that they can't do? Right. Power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I just think 
It's almost, that. almost like the secret weapon because I think even in our church that we have people that are not utilizing what God has given them because they think it's just too hard. Yeah. I'll right. just let my pastor talk to me. I'll just let Absolutely. fill in the blank. I'll just let so-and-so talk to me. But when right. you can feed yourself. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, so it's good. It's, it's life-changing. It's absolutely yeah. life-changing. Well, and I think when they're getting more than just Sunday service, yes, then they see how much more they could know about God yes. and therefore how much they can know more about their purpose on earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, I that's that. huge. I that is that. huge. Jennifer, that. you are doing a good work. Now, let me I, say, you did not tell Gwen this, but Gwen found this out. And so we are excited about this, that you have written a book that's available on Amazon called The Changemaker Guide to Studying the Bible. Let's go. Oh. So I do know that our listeners can go right there to Amazon and purchase that. Um, and because just even the title makes me want to go buy it right now. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. T- tell, us about, tell us a little bit about that, about that book. So it's not, it's really just, uh, it, it really is just a guide um, that goes through, again, inductive Bible study. Oh, I and love just it. allows, so it has blank pages. There's um, some scripture memorization pages. Uh, there's um, some prayer uh, journaling pages. Oh, I love this. I love yeah. that. So um, it, it's um, something that I used as a tool for soul circle events um, okay. so that women can have this uh, sort this framework for yes. writing out their uh, inductive Bible studies. That's awesome. I love that. I do too. Oh I'll tell you too, this makes me want to have like a soul circle live event partnering with She Speaks Stories. How much fun would that be? Oh, wow. That would be amazing. I think it would be. Oh, Wow. <laughs> I think it would be so fun. Oh my goodness. I would love that so much. I would too, especially because it would take our listeners to a whole new level if they had a nervousness about the word and about how to dive in and study it. And if Jennifer could come and teach the principles that she just shared with us. Right. Good day. How that, fun. How that would be amazing. And I would love to do it. So you just, we can talk about that offline. But that is what I'm saying. Definitely brainstorm that idea. Oh, yeah. for sure. I That's love that. Definitely. Because it is the key. To, it is. We, we talk and hear a lot about trying to live the abundant and free and joyful life that Jesus Christ died yes. to give us. That's right. And, and really the key is unlocking scripture for your own yes. self. Not, yes. not coming to it as a self-help book. Like right. I need something in my life to make my life better. So right. I, maybe this Bible will give me some self-help tips. <laughs> you know, I mean like, mm, yeah. Katie, no. tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> or just I like, love it. Like information. Like I was hearing this John Mark Comer, who's my new favorite preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been listening to sermons and he said, there's such a difference between reading for information and reading for transformation. That's oh. it. And wow. I feel yeah. like with inductive Bible study, the observation and the interpretation, you slow way down. You don't even jump straight mm-hmm. to application. Like yes. no. what's in here for me? What can I get out? It's like, yes. what is the author really saying here let's slow down and really observe and then okay now what 
does it mean? Then what does it mean for me that I can be transformed by the power of the word? Yes. Um, So it's not about trying to be all smart and a Bible scholar and, oh, I know the Greek and all, you know, it's not information. It really is for transformation. And then that joy and that happiness and that yeah. abundant life is the byproduct <laughs> of, yes. of focusing on him and saying, you know what? I just want to posture my heart so much to get to know you, God. And the way you have decided for people in this day and age to get to know you is, I would say, mainly through the written yeah, word. Absolutely. Mainly. Yeah. Obviously, he can... He can, you can get to know him through experiences and music and blah, blah, blah. But a huge way is through his written word. But if the enemy can put fear in our hearts and insecurity and convince us it's boring, I can't do it, la, 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 then uh, we're missing out. So many of us are missing out, even people who are Christians and going to church. Yes, yes. Um, So I love this. This is good. It is. Well, Jennifer, tell us, we ask our every single guest, our, the very, very last question we ask them is, what is the number one thing that you want us to remember today about your story? Uh, the number one thing that I want everyone to remember is that nothing, absolutely nothing is too hard for God and that everything that you experience throughout life, it has purpose. Mm. Uh, Because I used to look at my life and I used to say, man, why did I have to go through Mm -hmm. this and that and all of that? But I see how the Lord uses every bit of it. Even when I, I meet a teenager who is wrestling with the same exact things that I'm going through and I'm able to speak into their lives and to encourage them. Or when I meet a mother or or, or a father that is trusting the Lord for their children's salvation and having a difficult time, how God is able to use me in that area or how, you know, I experienced uh, maybe uh, not so good teaching. And Mm -hmm. then, um, but that even that was purposeful. I, I'm, I'm, because as I begin to grow and and more in God, and as he begins to reveal truth, as it it makes me appreciate the scriptures all the more. So nothing was wasted. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing was wasted. It's also given me compassion for Mm -hmm. people who wrestle with same-sex attraction Mm -hmm. and all of that. I'm able to be in, be in those spaces and navigate with love and compassion and truth. Um, So. Right. Right. And empathy because you've been there. Absolutely. God wastes nothing. Mm -hmm. It's so good. I love that. Oh boy. Do I love that. Jennifer, I think one of the things that I'm definitely going to take away from hearing from you is that, in your testimony, it didn't immediately go to all of this behavior modification, but it no. went to, I just threw myself into the word and knowing <laughs> Jesus. Yes. And the more I knew him, then I knew who I was. And then because mm. I knew who I was, then I knew what my purpose was. And then all of that together, the natural outworking is that the things that you did, the things you do reflected him. Amen. Right? You, you started so with good. knowing him. And because I think sometimes we we do it backwards, right? We're like, don't yeah. do this, don't do this, do that, do that. And you're like, no, I just want to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. I just want to know Absolutely. my Savior. And then Absolutely. all of these other things were fruit because 
you are becoming like your savior. And mm. that's good. I, that's I love so it. good. I, I love that. I am. I. I. I want to amen you and just <laughs> high five you through the phone. I mean, we got this <laughs> because this was uh, not behavior modification yeah. at oh. all. Oh, you know, I still in the beginning. You know, it, it was just about me knowing God, and mm-hmm. as I began to throw myself into Him, those things that weren't like Him fell off. And I have to say that it was a process because Mm -hmm. I don't want anyone listening to think that this was overnight. This was over um, a process, some years time that the Lord was doing this work. Yes. I love that. I love that. Jennifer, thank you so, so, so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. I love talking to you guys. Well, we will be in touch soon. And I am not even just saying that because I just think something good could happen uh, with this little partnership. It would be so good. This will be really, really awesome. I can't wait. I love, I, love it. It. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, listeners, we love you guys. And we are so glad that you guys have leaned into this. And if you've got someone that you know would benefit from hearing this, text this episode to them or share it. And uh, because we do believe that stories change lives because God yes. is the writer of our stories. Amen. And um, we know that what he did in Jennifer's life, he can do in your life. Um, and so share this story because we know it is that important. Um, so that's all I got. Portia, you got anything else? We've apparently lost Katie. <laughs> Katie <dropped laughs> off she'll, somewhere. She'll, she'll be back. <laughs> exactly. Um, read the word friends. There read we go. The word, read the word, read the word. That's right. That's right. All right, guys, we love y'all and you guys have a great day. Bye. 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 Bye.